<laughs> anyway, hello. Oh, <laughs> so good. You're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast. I'm Marcy. I'm Allison. And I'm Julia. Do you like Avenue Q? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've been listening to it more lately. I don't know why. It popped mm-hmm. up. I was trying to find. Well, I think we've already talked about this. But I was cleaning this room that we were sitting in, and I was trying to find an Andrew Lloyd Webber playlist. Because I really just wanted to listen to, like, classic, like, Joseph and Jesus. And <laughs> the hits. We'll call it <laughs> biblical era, I guess. <laughs> biblical no, era. No, but, like, I also wanted cats. And, like, it was phantom. very, like, phantom. I wanted classic Andrew Lloyd That's Webber. That's the trifecta. <laughs> Joseph, Jesus, phantom. <laughs> And, like, everything that was coming up was, the, the like, the newer stuff. I just wasn't interested. No, it no. was such garbage. Uh, so then I started just listening to, like, specific musicals. Yeah. Like, I listened to the producers and, like, a bunch of stuff. Um, and, yeah, I was listening to Avenue Q. And it's just so funny. Like, it is. And catchy. And it's good. But you don't it's, see it. Pro- on pro- I mean, I guess because it's puppets, it's a hard one to do a production of. Yeah. But. I would go see it. It's pretty great. Anything with puppets, I kind of want to see. Oh, same. Mm-hmm. My my thing that I would actually like, this is a terrible movie, and I feel bad bringing it up, but in the <laughs> movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, his whole thing is that he yes. has to do Dracula yeah. with puppets, and that was all this I could think of watching that movie, was like, I would actually go see this. Okay, so can I explain? 100%. Two episodes also, ago, we did the, the Jamestown yeah. thing. Okay, so when I think of like really long, this is... This is an adventure into my brain. Caution. (laughs) So when we're talking about taking a year to get somewhere, I immediately thought of Cabin Fever because, of course. And then I thought how amazing that your show would be if it was done with Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Like a gritty Jamestown, but then it's puppets and Muppets. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Could you just picture them, like, around the fire and there's just, like, eating, like, like, fluff comes out and just, like... (laughs) Oh my god, it'd be great. It's just almost saying. like a Team America type. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I am inspired yeah, now. There you go. Where did we start? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> there. <laughs> we where did we started in Nowheresville? I mean, I Avenue Q. I think Avenue was how we started. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I don't think we're talking about the Muppets. We're not today. talking about Muppets at all, but we are going to be talking about performers okay. to a certain extent. And um, Good old try Allison. to come up with the segue. She gets us under control. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, this is my fucking episode. Shut up. You always talk about Muppets. Stop talking about the Muppets. But they're, they're singing and dancing and nice. performing. Oh. Um, so we're, I'm going to turn away from Marcy. We're going to talk okay. about... While she's um, talking. The early... Go. The early years of Hollywood. Love it. Uh, and in particular, we're going to be focusing on one actor uh, who had a career very, very young in Hollywood. And I'm going to talk about some other actors that also had careers. So All just right. like early child actors? Early child actors in Hollywood. Oh, this is going to be sad. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sadly excited. <laughs> sadly excited. <laughs> so Shirley Temple was born on April 23rd, 1928. Was she born with tap shoes on? Yeah, she just came right out with tap dancing. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> tap danced in the hospital yeah. ward. Yeah. Is that the T-Rex word? song? 
I was born dancing. Oh, I was like tap dancing in the hospital ward. <laughs> no, I, was I mean, born. I know he can make songs out of anything. I was dancing when I was eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 When so, I was born. Yeah. Uh, her father, uh, George, was a bank employee, and her mother, Gertrude, was a homemaker. Classic. Uh, so the year after Temple was born, uh, in October 1929, <laughs> the New York stock market crashed. No. And the Great Depression hit America. Oh, wow. my God. Sell that baby. <laughs> I mean, so there's not <laughs> there's not a lot of substantial um, kind of evidence on how badly Temple's family was affected by the depression. We could probably just guess that they weren't doing well because nobody was doing yeah well at the time. Um, but despite um, whatever financial hardships they had, or maybe because of them, uh, they moved their whole family from Santa Monica to L.A. And by 1931, they had Shirley enrolled at the Meglin's Professional Children's School, where she was being taught to act and sing and tap dance, or just dance in general. But Ew. So <laughs> she's pretty young. She's only three. Yeah. And she's in a school for tap dancing. And uh, Meglin was a, what was the, like, the flapper girls in the early 1920s? It starts with a Z. Zigfield. Zig there we go. She was one of the Zigfield girls, so... Okay. <laughs> Noted. Uh, so okay. it could be that. Do you want to say it again? I'll, I'll not. Say it this time. <laughs> no, it's okay. So but it she could was be. In a what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it could be that maybe um, there was just something like, even at a as a three year old, Shirley Temple was just like performing. There are children who are kind of, you know, people put their kids in piano lessons and dance yeah. lessons and stuff young. Now there are, is just a certain type of child that just gets that, mm-hmm. or maybe it was because you know. Um, they just looked towards Hollywood to be like the answer to their financial hardships. And it was new still. And it was too, still new. Right? So. Um, but they were not the first people who kind of were like, I've got a talented child. Let's use this for my own mm-hmm. financial benefits. Still so happening today. It's definitely still happening today. So one of the first child movie stars was this girl called Mary Osborne. Uh, she was, when she was born, her name was Helen Alice Myers. And she was born in Denver, Colorado on November 5th, 1911. Uh, she was adopted, quote, under mysterious circumstances oh, by Leon Edith Osborne, <laughs> who changed her name, moved her across the country to Long Beach, California, and signed her to a contract with Melboa Studios. Yep. Yep. <laughs> How did you get her? Mary made her film debut in 1914's Kidnapped in New York, where she's credited as Baby Osborne. It was like gangsters kidnap a baby. She played the baby. That was um, her life. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a movie. <laughs> That's what actually happened, probably. So her acting career... a little career, close to home. Her acting career as a child lasted uh, six years, and she starred in 29 films over those six years. And how old was she? Uh, she was born in 1911. Okay. So uh, first film was 1914. So she's 10. I think 10 is when it ends for her. 10 or 9. Wow. Wow. So between her being like three to nine years old, she was in 29 movies. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> then. Like, what can you say like, about that? Uh, probably the, one of the most famous of the early child stars was Jackie Coogan. Mm-hmm. So he was born October 26, 1914 in Los Angeles, California. Uh, his dad was an actor. I don't know what his mom did. Uh, but Jackie would had started a career as a vaudeville performer while he was still an infant. So <laughs> as a baby, he was on stage in a vaudeville 
theater, quote unquote, performing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and his first movie role, he had an uncredited movie role in a film called Skinner's Baby, which came out in 1917. He played the baby, obviously. Mm. Um, the following year, Coogan Skinner. was performing. <laughs> Coogan was performing the shimmy at a vaudeville house, which so is a dance. Two. Uh, he is three, 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 four ish. Uh, so he was performing um, the shimmy, which is a dance where you stand still, and the only thing that moves is your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, put your hands in your pockets. Typical nineteen eighteen fun. And um, <laughs> Charlie Chaplin walked into the vaudeville yeah. theater he was performing at. So, quote, Coogan was a natural mimic and delighted no. Chaplin with his abilities. So in 1921, Coogan starred opposite Chaplin in The Kid. Oh. All of those are on Netflix, eh? I was yeah. going to break in and say that earlier, but I wanted to do that. Like, your reveal. <laughs> uh, so Jackie Coogan, like, blew up. Like, he was, like, instantly, <laughs> <laughs> instantly famous. Uh, there was Jackie Coogan toys, Jackie Coogan what? stationery, As whistles, records. Well, it's 1921, so he is six years old. Okay. Six or seven. Yeah. But yeah, so his face is on stationary. There's whistles. There's records. There was even a Jackie Coogan peanut butter brand. <laughs> had his little face on it. I bet it was delicious. <laughs> so between 1921 and 1927, he would star in 17 different films. It's like a six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, he, his acting career goes longer than that, but I yeah. mean like a child. Well, yeah. he was a child. 17 films. That's disgusting. Then... There was Peggy Jean Montgomery. She was born October 29th, 1918. Uh, her father was a former cowboy who worked as a stuntman. And this is the, <laughs> the dumbest thing oh, in no. the world. So one day, Peggy was visiting her father at the studio he worked at. She was 19 no. months old. And she was discovered by director Fred Fishbach, who was, quote, impressed by Peggy's well-behaved Shh. demeanor and willingness to follow direction from her father. What the fuck? <laughs> what does that mean? One. She's a baby. <laughs> anyway, he hired her to appear in a series of short films for Century, uh, starring opposite their canine star, Brownie the Wonder Dog. The way you say that, <laughs> he hired her, or like was, it's, I, I just picture this baby in like a boardroom <laughs> kind of setting yeah. with like a contract in front of it. Like, yeah. what do you say, kid? Just like, yeah, make it stop on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the weird and like it's so weird because for a lot of like even like I was like looking up like different articles and looking through Wikipedia pages and stuff like that and it does say like even when it comes to Shirley Temple it's like they uh you know this producer approached her and offered to give her this much money and I'm like she's four yeah no what are it's you talking her parents, about like, her parents are a, standing yeah, right there use the word but, lease yeah <laughs> like, her parents decided to lease their child out. yeah so there's no like offering there's no months. contract there's no like so Peggy was credited in about 150 short films as baby Peggy she starred opposite this wonder dog um, in 1923 she signed her dad and her mom signed a $1.5 million contract with Universal, which in 2014 money would have been $20.6 million. Whoa. Yeah, she's a baby. It's <laughs> a rich baby. Um, and she was super popular. Uh, there was Baby Pe- baby Peggy dolls, um, sheet music, jewelry. Her face was on a milk book cart, and in like a good way, her face was on a milk cart. <laughs> in an advertising way, not a missing way. This is actually my child. Give it back to me. I never would have signed it over at 14 months. So um, in her films, 
this is like the worst thing ever. Oh, no. uh, baby Peggy worked eight hours a day, six days a week, filming these 150 films. They, oh. She said that they got her to do her own stunts. <laughs> um, one time she had to escape a burning house. Shut up. And what one time hell? she was held underwater until she fainted. So I have oh no idea God. what the fuck her parent. I guess one point five million dollars was a really good offer, like, but like, yeah. Ugh. And then they Awful. buried her alive and told her to crawl out. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's <laughs> so terrible. In 19- she'll be fine. I know. Uh, she was very popular, though. Good for her. Um, <laughs> In 1924, she was made the official mascot of the Democratic Party. They didn't drown her, but they made her stand on a stage next to FDR waving flags. She's not even, like, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And, like, does she know who FDR is? Like, no. it's always so weird with kids, like... She's seen Annie. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the next year, so... By, honestly might be the... In 1925, Peggy's father had an argument with producer Sol Lesser over Peggy's contract... And uh, he was enough of a douchebag that they, baby Peggy ended up being blacklisted from a whole bunch of future films. So her dad argued with this producer so much that they were like, your daughter will never work in Hollywood again. And, and they then, meant it. Yeah, they meant it. I will so. never, she'll never be able to have her life put we'll into peril We'll never put her again. in a burning house again. <laughs> Is this what you want? So Anyway, bad. back to Shirley Temple. Okay. So, well, Shirley Temple was attending the dance school. She was discovered by the casting director who worked for Educational Pictures. And in 1932, she was signed to a contract with that studio. So she began starring in a series of 10-minute-long comedy shorts called Baby Burlesques. Um, they That's are terrible. satires of popular <laughs> movies and events uh, starring toddlers. They all went to the Meglin School. Um, and that's pretty much the comedy. Oh, it's like in the 90s when they used to like remake movies with monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically that. It's like the only thing about them <laughs> that you could be like, I guess people laughed because they're all babies. <laughs> like they're actually all on Amazon Prime. You can watch all of them. Um, really? Yeah. There's like a collection that says Shirley Temple, the early years. And it's just all eight of the baby burlesque movies. So I watched a bunch of them. Did it burlesque was... have a different meaning? No. Or am I missing something? No. no. It I, it's but burlesque has always been a parody. Burlesque is like a like a dance parody of something. Yeah, yeah. So this is oh, like okay. a baby parody. A okay. baby parody. I mean, there was you could dancing. probably use a different word, right? <laughs> um, it doesn't have. I guess. But Does yeah, it, it's okay. the the comedy is just that they're babies. That's all I just of mean it. the context now is that people people's clothing come off. <laughs> That's the part that I'm really well, tripped over. This is 19, a lot of the time. 1930s, so there's not a lot of like nudity in film. Yes. But, um, it's still, it is probably, it's the 1930s equivalent <laughs> of what you're thinking okay, of. Okay, so like it took like not, a sock off or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> da, da, da. And um, I'm done. <laughs> Shirley Temple always plays the, like, romantic kind of person. Um, Some of them are, like, there's one that's, like, a boxing short where it's, like, these two guys having a boxing match, and Shirley Temple is one of their uh, girlfriends. And then the one, the other, the opposite boxer kidnaps her so that that, her boyfriend fails the fight. But, like, a lot of them (laughs) she plays, like, a saloon singer. And the WWE was born. Yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, and in one of them, uh, 
called Politics in Washington. The plot is that this new uh, conscientious senator comes from the West. He comes to Washington, and the, the corrupt Washington senators <laughs> want to get him over onto their side. So they send this woman, who is played by Shirley Temple, to go over to his... Um, him at the White House and basically seduce him, which is a very upsetting thing to watch in any, it doesn't matter that it's like two toddlers. It is the <laughs> worst thing I've ever seen in oh my, my entire God. life. I was literally like just sitting there watching it being like, this is like, this is gross. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, did I find something that was made for pedophiles? Yeah, <laughs> Because seriously. there's no other explanation for what I'm looking at. Yeah. But I guess at the time they were like, Oh, 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 it's a baby. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. It's upsetting. It's very upsetting. It was strange. And it does, but it also is like, gives you the feeling of like watching a really bad school play because Shirley Temple does a good job. She like dances and she's fine. I think um, the first movie she does, she does this amazing tap dance thing and the dances she does in the baby burlesque are crap, but I think that's just whoever was teaching her how to dance was mm. just crappy choreographer um but she sings probably because they didn't sleep over yeah. what nightmares they were creating uh, they went she, to bed every night being like what the fuck what am, am i doing? doing um she sings a bunch of songs and she's fine with that she dances she's fine when she says the lines that they're making her say she obviously has no connection to the words that are coming out of her mouth but she says them fine there's mm -hmm. a couple kids in it that i put the subtitles on because i had no idea what they were saying <laughs> and there was a couple of times where the subtitles just said inaudible <laughs> but they were speaking <laughs> and i was like oh my god there was definitely a couple kids where they're just like oh god they're like they look adorable but you get them to say a line and i was just like why were you in this <laughs> like is happening you got no talent kid <laughs> i was like one girl really? who was really really cute in every line was like and i was like get out of here <laughs> you're never gonna make it in this town <laughs> just give up now you're not in the right you know line of work Again, for your old choice <laughs> <laughs> um yeah oh there's also an episode called uh kid in africa which is just as great oh, as you're imagining no. <laughs> right now. Uh, it is horribly, horribly racist. Mm -hmm. And uh, Shirley Temple's character, she plays a missionary whose name is Madame Cradlebait. So, you know, things are what is great. Happening? And then she gets rescued by Tarzan, but Tarzan, Tarzan's get... name is Diaperzan or something like that. It's so stupid. I can't get a read on these. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's so I don't stupid. Know. Yeah. Anyway, it was 60 minutes of my life. I didn't watch all of them. I gave up really quick into it, but I'm never going to get those minutes after back in my life. One? And I, after the racist one. Yeah, Actually, that, that was literally the last one. I watched it, and I was just like, I got to not do this. <laughs> I can't. Um, anyway, those all sound horrible, uh, but the director behind them was also probably a sociopath, I'm mm -hmm. going to guess, because um, Temple later said that in her... Um, she said this in her autobiography, that the director had a soundproof box with a block of ice in it, and he would threaten to confine naughty children within it. So <laughs> that must have been a horrible experience for everyone. <laughs> she also said later that it taught her that um, time was money when it came to acting, but like that is just... <laughs> I don't know how you could look into those children's adorable faces and be like, I'm going to put you in a soundproof box with ice. If you don't behave, there's also totally a scene 
where um, they have this bar that obviously serves milk, and they do this, like, gag thing where the bartender's gonna, like, open something, and it's gonna, like, spray in his face, and I swear to God, it goes right into the kid's eyes, (laughs) and there is just a silent scene where he is legit crying, and they just took the sound out, and I was like, oh my God, why are you doing this? (laughs) It was horrifying. All those kids probably grew up with, like, really big mental issues. Yes. Jesus. Anyway, let's track them. Let's do an episode. Where are they now? <laughs> I mean, where were they a while ago? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they're all dead now. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> probably. Temple also said later that the burlesque films were a quote cynical exploitation of her childish innocence. So she was like, that was fucked up. Yeah, yeah certainly. They put um, us on ice. <laughs> yeah. uh, to undercut the cost of filming, the toddlers were also um, sent out to like advertising agencies to be models for things. So, like they had their faces on like cereal products and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> milk cartons. Yeah, milk cartons. Again, <laughs> this is like pre. I think missing kids being <laughs> milk cartons. Yeah, so they were like the 80s. Yeah. peanut butter. Peanut butter, breakfast cereals, milk cartons. <laughs> I thought that was... <laughs> no, they were disconnected. Have you seen this child on the peanut butter? <laughs> There's not a high turnover for peanut butter so, either. So like... <laughs> they're just sitting on the shelves. Six, shelf, yeah, six months dust. later, you're like, I wonder if they ever found that kid. <laughs> it's terrible. Stop it. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so That is terrible. D- despite <laughs> the, the horribleness of the baby burlesque films... Uh, like I said earlier, Shirley Temple is actually probably the best child toddler actor in them. There's some other kids that are fine, mm-hmm. but um, she definitely is the best. And Educational Pictures realized that she was a really good actress, a really good dancer, a really good singer. Um, so they promoted her to act in a series of longer comedy shorts alongside actual adult actors. Um, so the series is called The Frolics of Youth, and she played the mischief-making younger sister of the main character. So she's not the star. There's another actor who's playing a character called Sunny. Mm -hmm. And she plays his younger sister. Oh, okay. But she has a lot of screen time. She has a lot of lines. Um, So she, at the time, she's only like four or five years old. Um, She was too young to read scripts. Couldn't read. But uh, what she would do is every single night, she would find out what scenes were being shot the day before, like the next day. And then her mother would read her the script as she was like getting ready for Mm -hmm. bed and stuff like that. So according to her co-star, Frank Jr. Coughlin, who played Sonny in the shorts, uh, when Shirley showed up on set the next morning, she knew everybody's lines. If any one of us made a mistake in all sweetness, she would say, oh, no, you're supposed to say, and then she'd tell us what we were supposed to say, and she was never wrong. That's not annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Did you say his name is Frank Jr. and then his last name? Frank Jr. Coughlin. Usually it's like Frank Coughlin Jr. I think Jr. was just his nickname. Oh, right. I think it was okay. Frank Coughlin, and then people called him Junior. I don't right. think he was Frank Coughlin Junior. Oh, okay. I'm, that's my interpretation. No, that's a great interpretation. <laughs> I was very confused. I was like, Frank Junior. <laughs> um, so she knows what she's doing. So, but that also is like she seems to be having some understanding of like how scripts work and how memorizing lines work even though she can't read she's mm-hmm. understanding the part of it so it's the not like she's of getting yeah, it right it's not like she's on, on set yeah it's <laughs> not like she's on set in 10 seconds before she's supposed to shoot something the director's going like okay i'm gonna point the camera at you and then you say this like she's yeah. coming and she knows everybody's lines not just her lines yeah so there is some talent there mm-hmm. apart yeah. from her just 100%. being adorable so in 1932 
she starred in a movie, well, she had a really minor role in a movie called The Red-Haired Alibi. And then in 1933, she was in um, a movie called Out All Night, which is a universal film. I don't know what those are about. But so she's getting more I don't more know if you can hear that traction. in the background. But somebody's like just kind of shearing. That's what that noise is. Sorry. I don't think you could hear that. Yeah, if you, sorry. Too <laughs> so, sorry. It's annoying us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, later in 1933, Jay Gorney, who was a songwriter working for Fox Films, was in a movie theater. And he watched the movie credits roll, gets his stuff, he walks out into the lobby, and there's a little girl dancing in the lobby of the theater. <laughs> so he stops, and he's watching her, and she's a really, really good dancer, and then he realizes that she was just in the movie he finished watching. He's like, what the fuck? that's that girl. <laughs> uh, so he goes up to her, and her mother, I'm assuming, um, and asks if she would want to audition for a movie that he's working on. So on December 7th, 1933, Shirley Temple was screen-tested for a role in Stand Up and Cheer, and she got the part. Oh. So Fox signed Why her. Why was she dancing in the lobby? I don't know. For Promoting kids. herself? I don't know. Promoting herself? <laughs> I have no idea. Yes, maybe. Um, was she in a cage? <laughs> no. Go, go. I, think, I think movie theaters had more of like a, like a lobby. Like you could kind of just hang out oh. in the lobby. Like it was more of like a waiting lobbies, area. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So she was just tap dancing or dancing in a little bit of it. Okay. Maybe there was a hat on the ground. She was getting coins. I don't know. <laughs> So uh, Fox signed her to a $150 a week contract, which was guaranteed for two weeks. And I think the guaranteed for two weeks thing uh, was probably because the movie that she was cast for was already in full production when she was cast. So they were already oh, okay. like in the full process of making. So it wasn't like they signed her and they're like, okay, we got all this like pre-production and then we're going to film. And then like it was like already yeah. being made. They just added her in. They just added her in. <laughs> so you might be thinking, how can you just do that to a movie? How do you just grab a child and go like, you're in this film that we're already filming? They found a way. Uh, so that's because the premise of this film... Is grabbing a child? <laughs> yes. Uh, it is a film that is set during the Great Depression, so it's set like modern times for the 1930s. Okay. Uh, the president of the United States is upset that everyone is so depressed with the Depression, so he creates <laughs> the Department of Amusement in order to make everyone more optimistic. And so their plan is that they're going to create an army of entertainers to send across the country who will uplift the nation via song and dance. So the entire movie is like, <laughs> you meet someone, they audition, they have a song and dance. You meet another person, they do a song and dance. You meet another, it's just like oh. random musical So it's numbers. like sing. sing. It is like sing. <laughs> but like super depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and but not like, adorable. Also, the well, actually probably what adorable. The but. <laughs> so then part of the, in that concept of things, there is Shirley Temple who plays the daughter of this man played by actor James Dunn. Um, and they do an audition thing. They sing a song called Baby Take a Bow. And they do this big tap dance number. And then they do their bit, and then it moves on to another character. So that's how okay. they can kind of just slot her yeah. in. Because that has nothing. It's a whole bunch of, like, yeah. they're connected by the fact that they're auditioning for the Department of Amusement. But other than that, there's no connection between characters. Also, Beatles movie. What, a fun, of amusement. what a fun title for something to be so amusing. The you know, like, it's such a, like, clinical name for, like, something that's supposed to make people happy. That's how the government works. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because she was hired while the film was in production, she didn't have time to, like, like, there was no time to, like, come up with a brand new choreographed dance and show it to her and show mm -hmm. it to, like, this person. So she actually just um, took a dance routine that she had learned in her dance school. Mm -hmm. And she... Uh, did the dance and then her so James Dunn watched her do it and then he copied her doing it so they actually it's her dance 
that he learned, and then that's the dance that they do. And it's really, really good. Yeah. It is like, if you look up like the top 10 Shirley Temple dances, it is in there. I yeah. do and all the time. Like... I've never seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the first thing she did. It's really, really good. Um, yeah. And it also, like, if you want, I don't recommend it, but if you did watch one of her moments from the baby burlesque thing of her stupid dances, you would be like, this kid can't dance. And then you watch the baby take a bow thing and you're like, holy shit, she can actually really dance. Oh, interesting. Um, so they filmed the whole scene. And uh, when they finished filming, Fox Films realized that this kid is going to be a freaking star. Like, she is super talented. So uh, her audition, again, was December 7th, 1933. Mm -hmm. She gets the part. She films her whole thing. And by December 21st, 1933, her $150 a week contract was extended for a year with a seven-year option. Um, And for the record, $150 with inflation would be over $2,000 a week in our monies now. I think it's like $200. No, sorry, $2,700 or something like mm-hmm. that. So it's wow. quite a bit of money for yeah. a four-year-old. Yeah. Wow. It's quite a bit of money for anybody. Yeah. I would like to make that a week. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be sweet. <laughs> awesome. Um, so this was a really good move uh, because even though Stand Up and Cheer was a flop, surprise, surprise, people didn't like it. Um, people in the Depression were like, I'm not super into you telling me that I should be happy. need to be optimistic. Um Shirley Temple was the absolute highlight of it. Uh, so there's a review from the New York Daily News. They said, although it was designed to wipe away our fears and blues over these hard times by insisting that de- the depression is over, I am afraid it is going to have the opposite effect. But little Shirley Temple earned the only burst of spontaneous applause. Wow. So she was literally like, she was cast last minute, and she's literally the only part of the movie that anybody liked. But we're like, yeah. holy crap, this kid. Um, so... The next role, so between like the release of Stand Up and Cheer and getting all that feedback, mm-hmm. she had a really quick role in a movie called uh, Carolina, uh, which I'm only bringing up because an uncredited actor who was like the background extra actor in this movie was Baby Mary Osborne from earlier. She, Ooh. her career as a child actor ended and she came back as an extra in a bunch of movies and that was one of them. So her and Shirley Temple were in a movie together, sort of. That's weird. Do you think she was like her like harbinger? <laughs> She's just like staring Stop at her now. like, uh oh, turn back. So <laughs> Shirley Temple's next project uh, was actually for Paramount Pictures, not Fox. She was lent to them for a thousand dollars a week. Which, by the way, Fox is paying her a hundred and fifty dollars a week, and they just lent her to Paramount for a thousand dollars a week. Oh yeah, that's how it works. Yo. So <laughs> she filmed her first um, motion picture where she was like the star kind of of the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a movie called uh, Little Miss Marker. So she plays a character called Marky. And this is the most like 1930s. <laughs> this is the most 1930s plot I've ever heard. Oh, so Marky is a young girl. Uh, her father has a problem with gambling and yep. he gives her to a gangster run gambling operation as collateral for a bet. But then he loses the bet and commits suicide. And so Marky ends up getting raised by the gangsters. <laughs> This is going to start a long career of, of Shirley Temple's father figures in movies dying. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, that is a thing. There's some big plot point about rigging a horse race. Of course. Um, and then, but in the end, uh, 
the the one character that's kind of like she forms a bond with who becomes her new dad is a bookie named Sorrowful Jones, and she manages to help Sorrowful Sorrowful Jones get the girl that he's been pining for. Uh, the new couple gets married, and then they adopt Marky as their daughter, and they all live happily wow. ever after. How many cliches do they jam into that <laughs> film? Well, I guess maybe they might have not been cliches yet. Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> uh, quote in three weeks, Little Miss. Was it Little Miss Marker <laughs> took in half its original cost at just one New York City theater? What? They loved so, it. So people loved it. They loved Shirley Temple, and so Paramount offered Fox fifty thousand dollars to buy Temple's contract, but Fox was like, "Nah, I don't think so." So then Temple went back to Fox Films to film "Baby Take a Bow," which is a movie named after the song she sang in "Stand Up and Cheer." Uh, it also stars James Dunn, who once again plays her father figure i'm pretty sure does he die he doesn't die in this one oh, actually good for him. <laughs> um it has to do something like it again is like a really stupid he's like an ex-felon and he's like trying to like leave his past behind him yeah. and then some other ex-felon that he knows from sing sing shows up and steals this woman's necklace and then james dunn is like gonna take the fall for it but at the end shirley temple's the one who finds the necklace and then everything's fine wow yay um, so once filming wrapped on that one, she was sent back to Paramount. This time she was leased for $3,500 a week, and she starred in Now and Forever, which her uh, co-star was the very handsome Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper. So handsome. I don't know who that is. Oh, he's yeah, like, he was in a Cooper bunch is? of like uh, Western films and stuff like that. He was like a heartthrob of the 1930s. Yes. Marcy will pull up a picture for you. Okay. So then she's back at Fox, and she films this movie called Bright Eyes, which was, like, the first actual film. Like, Baby Take a Bow. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Baby Take a Bow was kind of, like, I think very quickly put together, whereas Bright Eyes was more specifically developed to, like, like show off her. Shirley Temple's talents. Mm -hmm. So um, this movie also stars James Dunn. Uh, this time he plays Shirley's godfather, uh, he's described as a, a bachelor pilot named James Luke Merritt. Uh, this was so my favorite when I was. A this kid. is a really good one. I remember yeah. this one from when I was little. Does he die? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so remember. her father is dead when the movie starts. Her mother is a maid, and they work for this family. What are they called? Um, I think it's the Smith family. Um, yeah. Everyone in the Smith family is terrible. They have this daughter who the actress does an amazing job, and yeah. she's just literally like Spoiled the worst, and... worst. She's the exact opposite of mm. Shirley Temple. And uh, the only person in the family that's nice to, it's like Shirley has her mother who's nice to her, the like old um, patriarch of the Smith family, who's like mm -hmm. a man in a wheelchair, really likes Shirley Temple. And then she's got her godfather, who's the pilot, who really likes her. And then her mom dies in a car accident. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, there's like some sort of like, disagreement over custody i think where like the smith patriarch is like i'm gonna take care of her and her godfather's like no i'll take care of her but in the end uh shirley temple the old patriarch her godfather and the woman that's the godfather's fiance all end up like buying a house together and all of them just live together it's it this weird, weird like yeah. together family uh but this is the the movie where shirley temple sings on the good ship lollipop Oh. very memorable scene and there's also another memorable scene where uh, Loop takes her up in the airplane to tell her that her mother has died yeah. and like floating in the clouds and he tells her she's in heaven and stuff like that which is a very emotional 
emotional scene. It was, and she does a really good she job. She does a really it. good job. She like her facial expressions are good. And like I think that's one of the things with child actors is sometimes they just have this like detachment from like what's going on. It's almost like there's someone like they have an earpiece and someone's like, okay, now start crying. But for her, it seems like it's all like natural. She knows exactly like, okay, I'm gonna say this line and I'm not gonna react to it. And then, oh, he says this thing. And then I'm gonna frown at that and be like, wait, what are you saying? And like, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna start crying. Like she's just really, really good. Yeah, she's got a good coach. Yeah. Her crying sounds are a little annoying. I mean, but yeah. <laughs> it is definitely like fake child crying noises, yeah. but otherwise, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, all of those I'm, movies I just met, mentioned from um, the Paramount, what the heck was the first one? The um, fuck, Bright Eyes, Now and Forever, the oh, Little Miss Marker, and the um, the Necklace one. All of those movies came out in 1934. So that was literally like she filmed a movie, she went and filmed another movie. The first movie got released, she went and filmed another second one got released. Like all of them were wow. like boop, 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 boop. wow. So that's crazy. But like, how year. long were they? They weren't very long, right? No. No. But I don't know. It's a lot of... No, no, no. I know, I know. (laughs) So, um... Yeah, it's not like she's, like, on location filming Lord of the Rings or something. (laughs) Yeah. She should have been, Probably, like, three or four weeks, but still. She would have made a great Hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And all these movies were pretty big at the box office, even though the only thing in them to really, like, recommend them was Shirley Temple. Like, there wasn't anything, like, specifically remarkable about Baby Take a Bow, that was that one. There wasn't anything in it that was like, no one was like, I really like the plot of this movie or like the trailer is great. It was literally like people just Temple wanted movie. to see Shirley Temple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, between the release of Now and Forever and Bright Eyes, Temple's parents realized that the $150 a week contract wasn't that much money. So they hired a lawyer and they um, argued back and forth with Fox and eventually had Shirley Temple's salary raised to $1,000 a week plus that she would get a $15,000 bonus for every movie she finished. So in 2019 movie, or money, movie, 2019 money, Shirley Temple was making $123,000 a week. Wow. That's a lot of money. Uh, The contract also said she would film four movies every year, which is a lot of filming for a little girl. That is. Yeah. And, like, memorizing, like, dances. Yeah. Dance numbers and songs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is obviously before they were uh, rules about them going to school. Mm-hmm. So no education is happening <laughs> right now. So in February 1935, uh, Temple was given a miniature Oscar for her contribution to the film <laughs> entertainment. Thank uh, she you. Was this the is first, very demeaning. <laughs> she was the first child actor to receive an Academy Award. Wow. So demeaning, yes, but also the first. Um, was it just like a special one for her? Yeah, it was okay. like a contribution to like an early act, like a young actor contribution to film award. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't even like best actress or something. Yeah. They were just like, we give this to you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, and in March that year, she had her handprints and footprints added to the the court outside the Chinese theater in mm-hmm. L.A. Uh, that same year, Fox Films merged with uh, 20th Century Pictures and became 20th Century Fox Studio. Shirley Temple was deemed the new studio's biggest asset, and the studio hired 19 <laughs> writers, known as the Shirley Temple Story Development Team, <laughs> who would make 11 films, both original and adaptations, specifically designed for Shirley Temple to star in them. Jesus. She's got her own department. They also paid for a four-room bungalow to be built at the studio for Shirley Temple to live in, quote, with a garden, a picket fence, a tree with a swing, and a rabbit pen. The living room wall was painted with a mural depicting Temple as fairy tale princess or as a fairy tale princess. 
This way you don't have to leave ever. I think they also said that her the princess had like a crown with a star on it. And I was like, guys, like, way to make like a child like great. that spoiled. Yeah. Here's your bungalow with the rabbit pen and a swing. And I'm also like, you're look, a pretty you're princess. You're on the, <laughs> the princess, the crown. We put a star because you're a star. You're the best. <laughs> Every other child is inadequate. <laughs> there are no other children. Just you. Just you. <laughs> so... Um, Shirley Temple is definitely talented. You can see that when you watch any of her movies. She has an understanding of acting, even though she's super little. She knows how to act. She knows how to sing. She knows how to dance. How old is she at this point? Uh, we're like in... nineteen. She was born in 1928. It's 1935. So she is seven. Despite her talent, she was definitely being typecast into a very specific role. Mm. And it, that is obviously more to do with like the studio and what they... How... Also... How much work could they possibly give her without typecasting her? But I mean, like, like, there's only so much she could possibly do. Yeah, it wasn't like she was like, I only want to play this. It was just like, you know, there was no option. No, really, she could only play this. Mm -hmm. Like, she's a seven year old girl with wrinkles. (laughs) It's not like she can like bust out mm -hmm. and all of a sudden she's like a political spy on the run. Like, there's there's (laughs) (laughs) there is a typecast in that she is a seven year old girl. So, that would be great, though. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, so in all of her movies, she played a very similar character. Um, so this is a quote from um, one of her biographers. They said, uh, Shirley often played a fixer-upper, a precious Cupid, or the good fairy in these films, reuniting her estranged parents or smoothing out the wrinkles in the romance of a young couple. Elements of the traditional fairy tale were woven into her films. Wholesome goodness triumphing, triumphing over meanness and evil, or wealth over poverty, marriage over divorce, or a booming economy over a depressed one. Mm-hmm. Triumphing. <laughs> so all of her films are like, you know, like it's like the baby take a bow where it's like her parents' marriage might fall apart because her dad's been accused of stealing this necklace, but then she finds it. Or it's like, you know, she, um, you know, whatever. Single dad. Secure depression. Yeah, she helps her single dad get a new fiance or like, yeah. you know. Yeah. She's just like, that's what she does. So hmm. um, she was also at this time, she started making a whole bunch of money off of merchandise. So there was a Shirley Temple themed uh, like doll, like a recreation yeah, of her in doll that. form. Uh, there was she a Shirley was Temple clothing line. She was basically a doll, yeah. Uh, there was a Shirley Temple clothing line. There was Shirley Temple cutout books, sheet music, soap, dishes, mirrors, and oh. numerous other Shirley Temple items. Uh, and she did endorsements for Quaker puffed wheat, General Electric, Sperry drifted snow flower, and Packard automobiles. What was Don't that middle that. one? Sper- Sperry? Sperry drifted snow flower. What is so, that? I don't know. Some like... type of flower. Oh, like a baking flower. Okay. That's fine. Got it. But she would be, like, on radios or, like, if the movie theater would have, like, a yeah. little, like, and it would be Quaker Puffed Oat. It's or the only cereal that Shirley Temple likes. And well, it would be, like, like a little Christmas picture. Story. Oh, yeah, like the Orphan the, Annie. Drink your Ovaltine. Ovaltine, yeah. yeah. Ovaltine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Thank you. And uh, just to... <laughs> Fill you in on the amount of money that she got from this. Her income from royalties for all these ads topped 200000 And oh. by 1941, the doll had made $45 million. Shut yeah. up. What? So <laughs> that's really very popular. That's, that's so crazy. Uh, in 1935, Temple filmed a movie called The Little Colonel, which had a box office gross of $1.2 million. 
I'm not sure if that's inflated or not, but 1.2 okay. million. That's still a lot. Um, so <laughs> this film, and this is a theme that's going to run through quite a few Shirley Temple films. Um, it's set during the American Civil War. And uh, Shirley Temple's Besides character you. in this one, exactly, <laughs> is a little girl named Lloyd Sherman. Her mother is a Southern belle and her father is a Northerner. So it's kind of like, she's from both worlds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the film starts, her family's living in the West, but then the mother and daughter are forced to return to the South, where she um, becomes acquainted with her estranged grandfather, who is Colonel Lloyd, played by Lionel Barrymore, a.k.a. Drew Barrymore's great uncle. Wow. Um, and little Lloyd also meets Colonel Lloyd's housekeeper, Mom Beck, who's played by Hattie McDaniel, and his butler, Walker, who's paid, played by Billy Bojangles Robinson, who is one of the best tap dancers ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. Tap dancing is not anything without Bill Robinson. He's like, Ooh. he made tap dancing. Um, and this, <laughs> this movie features one of the best dance sequences ever, where Temple and Robinson do this like tap dance up a stair- staircase, which is what Robinson was known for. But Shirley Temple like, keeps up with iconic. him. It's absolutely I have so many amazing. videos to look up after this. You've seen so, this one. That that dance scene is actually um, the first interracial dance pairing in Hollywood history. Shirley Temple and Bill Robinson dancing up the stairs together. Never been done in Hollywood before. And it was so controversial that when the movie aired in the South, they cut the whole thing out of the film. I don't know. America. Uh, Robinson was also Temple's favorite adult co-star. Um, by the way, when she was filming this, I have a good quote from her about Robinson, but while she was filming this, there was a bit, going back to the youth, or frolics of youth thing, where she would memorize everyone's line, mm-hmm. there was a scene where she was filming with, uh, <laughs> Lionel, um, yeah, Lionel Barrymore, and he missaid a line, and she stopped, and she went, no, 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 you're supposed to say this, and he threw a huge temper tantrum and stormed off the set. He's like Who an old this? man. Oh. He's, yeah, Lionel Barrymore. He's like an old, like, he has a lot of acting credits under his belt yes. at this point. He's yeah. like Leo? So, yeah, yeah. She corrected him, and he, like, threw this adult temper mm-hmm. tantrum and stormed off. And then the producers and, like, the director told Shirley to go apologize to him to bring him back. And so Shirley Temple walked over to him. But she didn't say sorry. She just walked up to him and went, you know, you're one of my favorite actors. Can I please have your autograph? And he was like, well, of course. And then he came back. Oh, my God. So that was the how um, Barrymore reacted to her. Meanwhile, with uh, Robinson, uh, Shirley Temple said in her autobiography, um, Robinson walked a step ahead of us. This is like a expert excerpt mm-hmm. thing excerpt. uh robinson walked a step ahead of us but when he noticed me hurrying to catch up he shortened his stride to accommodate mine i kept reaching up for his hand but he hadn't looked down and seemed unaware fanny called his attention to what i was doing so he stopped short bent low over me his eyes wide and rows of brilliant teeth showing in a wide smile when he took my hand in his it felt large and cool and for a moment we continued walking in silence can i call you uncle billy i asked why sure you can he replied but then i get to call you darlin it was a deal. From then, wherever we walked, or whenever we walked together, it was hand in hand, and I was Aww. always his darling. That's really cute. Yeah, this is really nice. That's so cute. <laughs> um, they, he would be in, I think, four of her movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, and then that same year, she also... Um, is he, like, an older person, or did they just make him up to seem I think old, like, old in that? I could check. I think it's kind of like... 
Samuel Jackson and, and Django. Where he's made, you mean where the woman next to us was like, he looks terrible. <laughs> no, but I think he's he's made to look like a caricature of what yeah. and yeah, like he's probably like man. thirty, but they're making him look older. Or not even. He he's probably yeah. older, but he's not aging in the way that it would be a character aging. Right. Yeah. So they're making him look like, like just that kind of white testing. Giving yeah, him the exactly. white hair. And, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, oh, when that movie opened in March. Uh, 1935, the New York Times reviewer Andre Senwald claimed that the audience applauded for a full 11 seconds after the final fade-out. Mm. So very popular. People really liked it. Mm. Um, and that same year, she also starred in Our Little Girl and Curly Top, and then another Civil War-era film called The Littlest Rebel, which <laughs> is not good, <laughs> um, where she once again acted alongside Robinson. Um, and it, also in 1935, she was invited to a cookout at the White House where she met FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt. So That is definitely what that was, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Annie? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, she had her salary increased to $2,500 a week. Wow. Um, so despite the, um, however Shirley Temple felt about uh, Bill Robinson and despite the interracial dancing and all that sort of stuff, uh, The Littlest Colonel is not a woke film. And I don't mean to paint it as that. It yeah. is still super racist mm-hmm. in the way that all movies in that time frame and yeah. after that are very racist. The Littlest Rebel, also super racist. Yeah. Um, obviously, like in Hollywood, you have 1915 is when D.W. Griffiths does The Birth of a Nation, which yeah. is a movie where the KKK are basically like superheroes. It's and they just want to make the world a better place. And it's just absolute fucking garbage. Um and so white supremacy is like a horrifyingly influential. Oh, yeah, the first time I've ever heard uh, of that. <laughs> it's a uh, horrifyingly what? influential. <laughs> we'll have a talk. In, um, Hollywood. Um, so have you guys watched any of that show that's on Netflix, Hollywood? I saw it and then I thought Jim about Parsons. do I want to watch it, and my answer was no. Should nope. I watch it? Watch it. Okay. One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Nope. One hundred. One hundred percent. Watch it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So black people in Hollywood are like. There's actors, but segregation's still, like, a huge Mm -hmm. thing. Um, They're obviously cast in roles that are, like, you know, the housekeeper or the slave. Um, And it's not not that great. There's no... No. Yeah. Um, And, like, even, like, Hattie McDaniel is going to star, after being in The Littlest Colonel, she's going to be in Gone with the Wind, where Mm -hmm. she wins an Academy Award. She's the first black woman to win an Academy Award. And they put her in a small table at the very back. She had to fight for her way in there because the theater was segregated. Yep. And it's all just like, it's insane. it's all garbage and yeah. insane. And so all the, the the black actors in the Shirley Temple movies are all playing the role of like very contented slaves who mm-hmm. the idea of like, you know, not working for their white masters is just like, it doesn't even cross their mind. They're yeah. just like absolutely devoted to them. We're even in the littlest rebel um, the Yankees are villains and there's a scene where like they come to the house and all the black characters are like terrified of what will happen if the Yankees win the war and free them. And it's just like, Oh God, shut the Honestly, fuck up. Honestly, they'll be gone with the like, wind. Like that too. Gone with the wind is just as bad as that. Like there are some huge problems that we don't talk about. Yeah. So it's not like, don't watch them and think like they're going to be amazing. There's definitely problematic things yeah, but in them, any of but that dancing like scene that. is fucking awesome. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. So uh, the same, and also in 1935, back to an actor from before, Jackie Coogan, the star of The Kid, he mm-hmm. is now an adult. He has just turned 21, 
And he um, has probably made around three to four million dollars during his entire career as an actor. So before his, um, for most of his acting career, his father was managing his finances. His father was very conservative, very mindful of all the money. But mm-hmm. five months before Uh-oh. Jackie Coogan's <laughs> birthday, his father died in a car accident. Oh, no. And the management of all his finances went to his mother and stepfather, who began spending it. So 21-year-old <laughs> Coogan asked for his money, and his mother said, no, I'm not going to give you any money. And she claimed that she had never made any promises to give Jackie anything. And that she also said that he had been a bad boy. Oh, God. Don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, we do, but it's stupid. (laughs) He earned that money. uh, In 1936, Shirley Temple starred in Captain January, Poor Little Rich Girl, Dimples, and Stowaway. Those are different movies. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, that's a garbled title. What? Um, January, poor little girl in Dimples. uh, I got the last one. Dimples is a movie. I think I I wanted Dimples. Dimples is good. Dimples is, originally they were going to call it The Bowery Princess, and then they decided that was a really rough title for a Shirley Temple movie, so they changed it to Dimples, which I love. But she is kind of like the Bowery. She is like like a Bowery. She's like a New York street tough. Yeah. With her little page Dimples. boy cap and like Aww. the dirty face. Yeah. Um, and that movie also involves them putting on a play of Uncle Tom's Cabin. No. And yeah. I can only imagine that it's great. No. <laughs> um, and then the stowaway, Shirley Temple plays an orphan who is living on the streets of Shanghai. And then she stows away on an ocean liner that belongs to like a rich bachelor guy. Um, Where does that go? <laughs> <laughs> away um, from Shanghai. <laughs> That's all we know. I haven't I haven't seen that one. Sounds I'm kind gross. of interested in it. But um, not crazy about the plot. Shirley Temple did learn how to uh, say forty words in Mandarin Chinese for the role. Um, so she and there were Chinese people on set. I do not know how awful oh. the representation of Chinese people is on that because I haven't seen it. But um, considering that when Temple tried to communicate in Mandarin Chinese to the cast members and couldn't because they spoke a different dialect, I'm going to say not great. Yeah. <laughs> Just based off I mean, of that, for the, probably not the for best. For the time, at least she made an attempt. Yeah. For the time. <laughs> like, it could have, she could have been way worse. Yeah. It could have been way like. worse. I'm sure the movie is awful, but yeah. she personally could have been a lot worse, I feel like. <laughs> uh, so then in 1937, she filmed Wee Willy Winky. Okay. <laughs> that is, that's definitely just one movie. That's one movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, confirmed. This movie is what Temple said was her personal favorite film. It doesn't have any like song or dance numbers in it. Um, the setting for this movie is a remote British military outpost in India. It's more of like an adventure. Like I know. Let's just be really racist shady to territory. everyone. I mean, everyone singling anyone gets out, hit. Right? <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> so the 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 Harrison's reporters, which I'm guessing is a newspaper or something, their review of the movie was: although Shirley, as usual, predominates predominates, the producers have wisely surrounded her with capable players. The story has comedy, romance, and thrills, and holds one's attention throughout. But then things got kind of weird with oh, this no. one. Um, there's this really weird, just to show you the changing of times. We're now in 1937. So Shirley Temple's about nine years old now. So we get uh, this guy, Frank S. Nugent. 
of the New York Times, he wrote, pleasing enough little fiction, sure to delight every temple addict and likely to win the grudging approval even of those who, like myself, are biding their time until she grows up, becomes a go- becomes gawky, and is a has-been at 15. Yuck. Like, awful. Yuck. And then it got worse, because this British novelist turned magazine movie reviewer, I guess, Graham Greene, who um, is, after he says this, gets like a Nobel Prize for writing yep. and all this sort of stuff. He said that Temple's character was, quote, a dubious uh, cockatry, cockatry, who would appeal to, quote, middle-aged men and clergymen, which I think is a way, a British snobby way of saying that pedophiles will really like watching Shirley Temple in That's this movie. That's exactly what that is. Yep. So. Holy shit. Gross. Awful. Anyway, um, Temple's parents and 20th Century Fox sued the fucking pants off of Green. He had to give Shirley Temple 35,000 pounds and pay for all her legal costs for making Basically that. implying that. So, was what it a worth fucking it? dick. I highly doubt it. <laughs> also, like... Maybe you should just you not. Know, it's like with Twitter sometimes when I see tweets, I just, like, look at them and I'm just like, just shut up. Like, you don't... Just put your well, phone down and walk away. But you know what? People were doing that back in the day, yeah. too. Like... You nope. didn't have to write that, dude. Nope. You really yeah. shouldn't have written that. <laughs> yeah, Anyway, for sure. uh, The money was put in a trust fund in England, and then when uh, Temple turned 21, uh, she donated it to a charity, and it was used to build a youth center in England. Great. So there's that. Anyway, uh, following Wee Willy Winky, <laughs> uh, Temple starred that? in Heidi, which is a great oh, Shirley yeah. Temple movie. I really like that one. This is probably my favorite of all the time. Um, and in all 1938, she starred in Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. One movie. Oh, wait, I like that one, too. Uh, Little Miss Broadway. Just And Just Around the Corner, which is another film. Do you like the Little Miss Broadway one? No. Oh. Uh, and in 1939, <laughs> she starred in <laughs> The Little Princess. I hate that one. Oh, I like this one. Oh, stop yeah. it. Which was, so stop both, uh, was, was both critically and financially a Marcy success. was a big Shirley Temple yes. fan. Well, my grandma, our grandma, used to buy me no, one. No, your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> grandma used to buy me one every year. Like, that was what I got from a birthday gift from her. Oh. Every year it was a Shirley Temple movie. But I was also a kid that wanted to be an actor, and I took tap lessons. And mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. You know. I had curly I was, hair. Like, curly, yeah. I was curly. I was curly. <laughs> I was curly. <laughs> so, that same what year. One of the Stooges' names again? <laughs> One's Mo, right? <laughs> curly. And then the third one. Something in both. Bosworth. Bosworth? No, I highly doubt that. Harry. Um, <laughs> sure. Also, that okay. year, MGM wanted to cast Shirley Temple as Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, uh, but Fox declined, and they instead cast her in a film called Susanna of the Mounties, which is cool. set in the frontier of Canada. Yes. And so we can check indigenous Larry. people of Canada Larry, yeah. off our list of people we oh, are racist yay. to. <laughs> yay. Larry. But it's great. That was close. Larry, Curly, and Mo. There you go. There you go. That's Larry's us. Larry's got a lot of hair, though. So maybe that was my, like... Oh, yeah, maybe. It's got, like, a weird long cul-de-sac thing going on. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So uh, Susanna of the Mounties was actually a pretty popular film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Shirley Temple, who is now a tween was no longer the number one box office favorite. She'd actually dropped down the list to number five. So It's getting old. Meanwhile, Jackie Coogan was suing his parents. So in 1938, <laughs> he won and was given the, what remained of his earnings, which was $250,000. They should have to pay him the rest. 
And then he had to pay his lawyers, which meant he was left with $126,000 after making three to four million, $126,000. So disgusting. Uh, the aforementioned baby Peggy was in the same boat. Her parents had spent most of the money that she'd earned on expensive cars, homes, and clothings, or it was invested in her father's numerous failed business deals. Quote, her fortune was gone before she hit puberty. Um, so her parents like actually asked her. She when, so <laughs> Did when you not? The, I obviously like that not was, even, It's not even like stuff that you need. Like if no. you were like starving and you had to like, I mean, it's not their money, but if you were like starving and you had to feed your family and dip into that money, then that's one thing. But they're literally just buying shit that they don't fucking no, they don't need. need it. But the way they're looking at it is they're taking the baby to the film shoots. They're doing this with this. They're yeah. doing that. So we'll do it's it a baby that just sits the there. So car. we're doing the work. We had this kid. So crazy. Yeah. Uh, her parents actually asked her um, when the whole Jackie Coogan thing was going. Her mother turned to her and was like, you're not going to sue us too, are you? And she was just like, there's no fucking point. Like, you don't have anything. <laughs> we have no money. What am I going to sue you for? No, but I'm going to leave and never see you <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, so in 1939, um, the uh, lawmakers of California were inspired to pass the California uh, Child Actors Bill, a.k.a. the Coogan Bill, designed to safeguard a portion of uh, child actors' earnings for mm-hmm. when they reach the age of majority and protected them from exploitation and abuse. And I think it also set into, like, they can only work X yeah, amount of hours and, and they have to have education. Because MGM and opens a school on the lot yeah. and that's where... So... Can, you can't leave. <laughs> you never leave. You live here. So coincidentally, <laughs> this is they also around leave. the time... <laughs> I bet. They no, didn't. they didn't. <laughs> Uh, this like is Judy also Garland didn't leave. <laughs> Marcy's face is so scared. I don't like looking at her. <laughs> they didn't leave. They didn't They're leave. still there. <laughs> so uh, coincidentally, this is the time that Shirley Temple's career started to grind to a halt. Um, I don't think it had. It's weird because it's like they passed the child's, the child actors bill, the Coogan bill, and then she's also now like a, an early teenager going into her teens, and it's like people just aren't. I don't yeah. know if it's maybe like she now she can't work long off. hours. The cuteness is worn off. It's interesting. It would be an awkward age because like if, you know, like later on when she was like fully an adult, she would probably be like there's actor. so many other like song and dance movies that involve adults. Yeah, she didn't go through like an awkward puberty either. She no. just kind of. So um, she's a Haley Joe Osmond. <laughs> the two movies that <laughs> she starred in. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> or Macaulay Culkin. The two movies she starred in in 1940, The Blue Bird and Young People, were both flops. Uh, so then Temple's parents bought out the remainder of her contract with 20th Century Fox. Uh, <laughs> Fox Studios tore down Temple's bungalow and renovated it into office space. Oh, jeez. So that's done. We're done with Temple. So in 1941, Shirley Temple signed a contract with MGM, they wanted to uh, team her up with Judy Garland and Andy Rooney, who they were holding captive. And then they thought about it, and they're like, well, maybe Judy Garland and Rooney are going to upstage Shirley Temple. So then they didn't put her in that thing either. So they ended up only using her in one movie hmm. in 1941. Uh, so between 1941... But she couldn't do anything. Right, because she, she, yeah. she signed over yeah. to them. They either had to lease her to another studio or she had to make a movie with MGM. That's the only she way She would it just sit there. She'd do rehearsals. She would go to school. She would do... Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would still work. They still worked them, just not yeah. on a movie. Yeah. So between 1941 and 1949, so eight years, Shirley Temple made 13 movies, which in comparison, oh. between 1934 and 1939, when she was a child, she was in 21 different films. So that's a pretty big drop yeah. in that amount of time. 
1945, Temple, now more of an adult, uh, 17, I think, uh, she married John Ager. Um, and then they had a child who was born in January 1948, but their marriage was not great, and by 1949, they were divorced. Oh, jeez. So, and then a month after her divorce, in January 1950, she met Charles Alden Black, who was a World War II Navy intelligence officer and Silver Star recipient, and he was also one of the wealthiest young men in California. Oh. Um, so on December 12, 1950, Shirley Temple officially announced her retirement from film, and four days later, she married Charles um, Alden Black, and they had a son who was born in 1952 and a daughter who was born in 1954. Hmm. So she's out of acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, this big thing happened. TV became a thing. Television's what? a thing. Uh, so between January 1958 and September 1961, Shirley Temple hosted and narrated a TV show on NBC called Shirley Temple's Storybook. Um, it was popular, even though it was kind of like a low-budget I think there was like puppets or people in like animal mascot costumes Ooh. in it. Um, but unfortunately, so <laughs> its scary. competition was the Walt Disney shows. Oh, yeesh. Uh, and the telecast of The Wizard of Oz. So it eventually got canceled. Right, yes. Because those things are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1967, Shirley Temple became an active member of the California Republican Party. Uh, she ran for a few elections as a Republican, but never won. And then it said, after she su- surprised Henry Kissinger with her knowledge of Southwest Africa, she was appointed to a delegate of the United Nations General Assembly by President Nixon. I don't know what that means. Like, maybe he was like, a woman knows about West Africa? <laughs> or if she actually say. knew some sort of, like, political yeah. thing about it? I'm not quite sure. Um, but that kind of started her career in politics. So in 1974, she was made the United States ambassador to Ghana, and she was the first female chief of protocol for the United States. Um, she was in charge of Jimmy Carter's inauguration. She was the ambassador for Czechoslovakia um, wow. in, from 1980 to 1992. Sorry, 1989 to 1992. Um, and then she periodically, throughout her older adult life, sat on the board of directors for the Walt Disney Company, Del Monte Foods, the Bank of America, UNESCO, United Nations Association, what and the, the Wildlife hell? Federation, as well as numerous other companies. On the for good some reason. Ship. <laughs> 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 such a weird end right she just became like it's she's just uh she literally just turned into what i would think a republican is like she's just a rich republican rich in politics sitting on the boards for various things which uh, to get onto a board means you just have money yeah like anyway interesting uh in 1972 uh shirley temple was diagnosed with uh breast cancer she publicly disclosed her diagnosis at the time when most people were like super secretive about having cancer, uh, which led to um, like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, she reduced the stigma around mm. the whole cancer conversation, and she also brought awareness about uh, breast cancer in particular. Um, so she had the tumor removed uh, and a modified radical uh, mis- mastectomy. And then she announced the results of her operation on radio and television in February 1973 and even wrote an article for McCall. So she, like, fully was like, this is a thing that happened to me. This was the solution. This is what I'm going through. So that's pretty good. Wow. So Shirley Temple died on February 10th, 2014 from COPD, (laughs) most likely caused from a lifetime of smoking cigarettes because she smoked cigarettes. Since she was, like, four. Most of her life. She just kept it a secret because she didn't want people to know. She was 85 years old. Wow. What year? Sorry. Uh, 2014. That's when she died. What? Yep. 
uh, Jackie Cooper in the 1960s Coogan? was cast. Sorry, no, Coogan. Yeah, Coogan. <laughs> Jackie Cooper. said it first. Uh, Jackie Coogan. I was like, you have to keep them and, right. Or else uh, <laughs> I'm going to fucking lose. In <laughs> 1964, was cast as Uncle Fester on the TV show of the Adams Family, which is probably his most famous role. To Everyone people now. Him. Yes, I guess. that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he continued to act in films and TV shows right up until his death uh, from heart failure on March 1st, 1984. So his IMDb, if you look through, it's right up until he dies. He's in movies. Just oh, do, wow. Do, 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 do. Movies, TV shows, everything. That's weird because Shirley Temple died on my birthday and Jackie Coogan died the year that I was born. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I killed them both. <laughs> That's uh, not what I'm saying. <laughs> Mary Osborne, who was the child actor from the beginning, starred briefly in that movie with, well, acted as an extra in a movie with Shirley Temple. In 1950, she retired from acting officially and got a job working as a costumer for Western Costumes. She was in the wardrobe department for many famous films, but most notably Around the World in 80 Days and oh. Cleopatra. Oh. Uh, she retired from doing that in 1977, and she died on November 11th, uh, 2010, just six days before her 99th birthday. Wow. Wow. Uh, Peggy, she married a guy called Gordon Aries in 1938 and changed her name to Diana Aries to distance from herself from baby Peggy. When she got divorced in 1948, she changed her name to Diana Sarah Carey. Uh, she works, worked as a switchboard operator, a bookstore clerk, the manager at a gift shop, and a freelance writer. Then she started writing about the history of Hollywood. She wrote her own autobiography, which is like the life of baby Peggy. She also wrote a biography on Shirley Temple and one on Jackie Coogan. Uh, she became a huge advocate for reforming child performer protection laws. I bet. Uh, <laughs> she died on February 24th, 2020. She was 101 years old. <gasps> Whoa. Woo. Like just. Yep. Wow. For some reason, I had it in my head that Shirley Temple was someone who died very young. No. I don't know why. I think it's just because she disappeared so fast like i mean obviously she was like you know the working in the 60s and the 70s and Mm -hmm. like politics but you know pay attention to that yeah and then she was just on various boards and like when you're a board member you don't have to have any public identity or anything like that so interesting that was a whirlwind yeah that's crazy uh early childhood actors it was not great it's still Getting there. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even the reform, like, I know a lot about the Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland era stuff, and yeah. even then it wasn't great. Even though all those rules were there, it was still, like... <laughs> They're still, like, yeah. giving them drugs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Judy Garland, when she was growing up, she had a baby baby Peggy doll. Oh, of course she did. Yeah. So that's how big baby Peggy was. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's still, crazy. That's, yeah. And, that's I mean, crazy. it's better now, for sure. But most better than that. Yeah. But at least they have ways to protect their money and stuff. Yes, that's true. At least their parents aren't taking, for the most part. <laughs> I don't know. Macaulay Culkin's parents still like took a lot of his money. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Did there they? are definitely. Sorry, I, that in my uh, I think there are definitely loopholes around it that people can yeah. get into. Like mm-hmm. the the Stranger Things girl like divorced herself from her parents, right? Yeah. Divorced. Like, yeah, well, so did Macaulay Culkin. He was the yeah. one that like started it, where he's like, legally, these aren't my parents anymore. Yeah, if you're if you're showing that you're, you can actively like leave the care where it's like it's worse for you to be in their care. Yeah, you yeah. still have to have like an adult. It's not like you're like, you know, alone. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't crazy. know that she did that. Yeah, it's insane. And again, like it's like uh, with the child, the bill, like the Coogan 
bill mm-hmm. going into effect, it, you there isn't anything, at least not that I, I tried to look up stuff, and there wasn't anything that definitively said, like, the restrictions in this bill is the reason her career stopped, but it does kind of, like, coincidentally, they happen yeah. at the same time. It's like 1939, they passed that bill, mm-hmm. and it's like she was acting uh, in... Like, in four years, she made, like, 20 movies. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly that bill comes, and they're like, well, I guess you can't act in anything anymore. Well, it yeah. aligned with her getting older as well, which didn't yeah. help. Because, like, also, she had... We've talked a lot. There's shifts in Hollywood, right? Yeah. So when you have the depression going on, you have this, like, dreamer-esque... Everyone just... If they go to the movie, they don't want realism. They want this little girl that's, like weird like larger than life that's going to take them away from what's happening yeah then you get into the 40s and things become a little bit more realistic there's there's a shift in in popularity of things so it might not necessarily mean but there wasn't like a lot of children things happening anyway like andy hardy like mickey rooney was he wasn't like four years old he was Mm -hmm. like 13 years old yeah and he was making these like spy type like i actually don't know what they are i thought they were kind of like like he gets into like there's a mystery in all of them kind of thing. Like yeah. they're kind of goofy at times, but like, like it's a like an Nancy Drew solved. Hardy voice. Type yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the name. Please don't yell at me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I can't remember it. Um, and uh, the Judy Garland stuff, like it's all they're very mature. Yeah, and like, that's bes- probably part of it too. Because like I looked up, I didn't even mention what they were, but I looked up the plots to some of the movies when she is um, older. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think the second one she did for um, MGM is like Mrs. Rooney, where she like marries Andy. Rooney. I don't know. It was like a bunch of like it. She literally went from being like a child in movies to when she moved to MGM, they were like, "You're a teenager, you get married." And I think that was also probably people didn't want to see see her that. like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There, but, she couldn't shift from being cute to like I said that she didn't have an awkward adolescence, but there is a time where. She's a kid, like, with the dimples, and then all of a sudden you're having people imply yeah. this, like, really unwholesome side of her, and it didn't sit well. Yeah. So, anyway, child acting was <laughs> yeah. horrendous. My question is, when was she in Cats Don't Dance? <laughs> you didn't get that? No, I didn't get yeah. that. <laughs> that was specifically for Allison. <laughs> <laughs> There's a character that's designed after. Yeah, except for she's evil. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that was another thing was she had to remain wholesome. So like her characters are one dimensional. Yeah. How yeah. many times can you watch that same thing happen over and over and over again? Yeah. Right. She could never be evil. She could never be the bad guy. Yeah. It just wouldn't work. So yeah. Imagine if they did one where she was though. It would just like blow people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> she should have done a resurgence, was... Ella. Like whatever happened to Baby Jane kind of thing with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joan Crawford and and um, can't remember her name. <laughs> Betty Davis. Um, Fua. Fua. <laughs> but like where they had they had kind of faded into obscurity, and then when they came back, it's this like fucking shit show of a B horror movie type yeah. thing. Where like she just did something completely out of left wing, where it was just like, what well. am I watching? Might but as well. Also, she just went into politics, and that's pretty unpredictable too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> so yeah, it was the right wing. Yeah, she went to the right wing. <laughs> <laughs> people do that when they have money for some reason they're I know. like I want to keep it yeah for some reason <laughs> uh, anyway. anyway thanks for listening guys follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Odd Sisters Podcast and mm-hmm. say hello mm-hmm. hello hello but also goodbye <laughs> and goodbye
Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, bye. 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 bye